0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, September 27th, 2019. And on today's report, I will be taking a look at the person who is currently the apparent frontrunner for the Democrat nomination senator, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. From a professional standpoint, I encountered her many years ago through her work in the bankruptcy area. Of the profession of law, she has written, chaired committees, generally been a respected authority in that area for several years. Senator Warren is perhaps the brightest and most articulate of the Democrat candidates, with the possible exception of Tulsi, who has unfortunately been pushed off the stage. Strategic mistakes were made in Ms. Warren's campaign that nearly killed it early on, but she brought it back from the dead and she's emerged from the crowded field to challenge Joe Biden as front-runner. When she applied for a job as a professor at Harvard Law School, she listed her race or ethnicity as Native American, apparently. No one at Harvard noticed or cared that she was the only blue-eyed, blonde-haired, white-skinned Native American in existence. Why would she lie about her race on an application for a job at the nation's most... Prestigious law school, she was obviously trying to gain an advantage over her competition by identifying herself with one of the victim groups that Harvard places such high value on. Was her lie about Native American heritage the only reason Harvard hired her? Probably not. But if it were not seen as an advantage, why would she lie about it? The real mistake in not admitting the lie early in her campaign. Which would therefore have taken the sting out of it as an issue. Instead, she let Donald Trump goad her into an even bigger lie by referring to her as Pocahontas. She tried to take the wind out of the Pocahontas cells by submitting to a DNA test prior to her official campaign kickoff. If she actually thought the test would reveal that she is Native American, then that is more frightening than her lie. The test showed that she is one 1,024% Native American, which puts her in the 99.99% plus white category. She made a lame argument about all this, about the test, but was finally forced to admit that, yes, she lied about it. Most of us have lied about one thing or another in our lives. I'll wager that not many candidates in either party are perfect. But she made it much worse by continuing to lie to the bitter end. I thought her campaign would implode and die out after the DNA fiasco. But she persevered. She improvised. She carried on. Now, here she sits as the probable front runner for the Democrat nomination. Well, so far this report has been all about lying hypocrisy. So let's see if there is anything else to this woman, a campaign based on nothing, But lies will usually not last through the long marathon that is today's presidential campaigns. There has to be something in the words of real candidates except lies based on other lies. If success is to be found, I'm not a U.S. senator and I'm not a Harvard professor, but I would surmise. She's made a few blunders in her debate strategy, perhaps. She assumes that in debate she's only thinking about the primaries and therefore speaking only to Democrats and not actual real Americans. If so, that indicates another problem, that she actually believes her own nonsense. If I were advising her, especially considering her lies about her own identity, I would tell her that in order to be taken more seriously by middle America, she should consider toning down the identity politics rhetoric a little bit. Identity politics that is so pervasive in the Democrat Party now is about the only thing that comes across in the debates, the really scary thing, is that with our new demographic, she and the other Democrats might just be middle America, for example. She not only wants to give taxpayer money as reparations to descendants of slaves with all the problems that entails, but she proposes Reparations to homosexuals because they were not allowed to be married for so uh, about 6,000 years, I guess. But she considers that a great American sin. Needless to say, she also wants reparations for Native Americans, apparently, not recognizing the irony with her prior claims to be one. Democrat soundbites of identity instead of unity, which tends to panic the general population, certainly. Do not panic Democrats. In fact, massive third-world immigration coupled with a coalition of the disgruntled ensures that Democrats are or soon will be middle America. That's probably why she doesn't concentrate on the economy and what's best for consumers. Where she is much better suited and more comfortable, she scares people out there, too. But who cares? Because those she scares are not Democrats right now. She no longer needs to outdo the others in stealing and giving away, but I guess it's difficult to resist the urge to get your hand in someone else's pocket. She seems to think that problems can always be solved with more government regulation, but unlike the other Democrat candidates, she actually tells us where she would steal the money to pay for her giveaway schemes, her universal preschool child care program she would pay for, with money stolen from those who hold more than $50 million in assets under the theory that theft is okay if you're stealing from rich people by executive order or by majority vote. Is theft somehow rendered moral if done by executive order or majority vote rather than at the point of a gun? No, theft is theft. It's never moral or ethical, but brute, raw violence resulting in power is the very essence of government. Who controls the violence? That's the question. Every politician wants that control desperately. She projects that her free preschool child care would cost about one-fourth of the wealth she would steal annually, which she estimates at $250 billion. That seems a little optimistic to me, but... So do any and all government boondoggles in the schemes to pay for them. Somehow the boondoggles start and they never end. The payment method is never enough. The concept of government preschool child care, even if the payment method is valid, means turning our children over to the government even longer each day. She is fairly wealthy herself, this woman. Fairly wealthy, but not wealthy enough to currently trigger her wealth confiscation scheme, I'm sure. It'll get there in a few years once it's rolling, but that's okay. By then, she'll be president. Her wealth is primarily in mutual funds and in bonds, but she does own an estate worth $3 million in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and a condo in Washington, D.C., worth $800,000 the New York Times. Sunday edition, September 22nd. 2019 in a front page article covered her life in politics and her presidential campaign quite favorably. As one might expect, she is credited by the Times with creating the idea that became the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau during the Obama administration since it was her baby. President Obama picked her to form the bureau that started it and then once fully operational she was to head it once she did the work, and it was up and running, however. President Obama withdrew his offer, and a new head was chosen. The agency was credited by the Times with recovering $12 billion for consumers in 2017. I don't know what happened to the money, because it often disappears into the government rat holes and never finds the consumers who were defrauded or taken advantage of. I've seen that many times, many times. As the FDA fines drug companies for their dangerous and deceptive products and advertising, nevertheless, the Times reported that the experience helped shape her political life. Led her on a path to 2020, she wants the power all in her hands now. Rather than depending on loyalty or the permission of others to accomplish her goals, she always looks to government power to solve consumer problems. The solution is always the formation of another government regulatory agency, as if not enough government control is the real culprit. She's promised to restructure the economy as president using the methods of the agency she formed, but I don't think the banks in the military-industrial complex will mind her as long as they can keep their wars, and she seems content with them doing that. She appears to be careful to not threaten the deep state. She has, however, been a consistent critic of the 2008 bank bailout. She's virtually always on the side of consumers in disputes with corporate America, unlike other Democrat candidates. She insists that capitalism, that uh, she insists that she is not a socialist. She says she's a capitalist, unlike Franklin Roosevelt. She's trying to save American capitalism from its excesses. Quote, sometimes bigger ideas are more possible to accomplish because you can inspire people, end quote. The Times points out that even though she has the best grasp of the issues that confront the country, that doesn't necessarily mean the Times will endorse her or that she will be president. Instead, the race often goes to those who inspire people, the Times says. I'm not sure what the Times writer means by inspiring people, I suppose, It means to influence them by psychologically conditioning them to the time's way of thinking. But the whole thing seems unclear to me. She announced that she plans to break up the big tech companies, put workers on the boards of corporations, despite what she says about not being socialist. That sounds like socialism to me because the only way it could be done is a government takeover to the extent that the government controls corporate boards. The Times expressed disagreement with both these ideas, I suppose, because the Times is a corporate mouthpiece for the tech companies. She does seem very concerned that American incomes and living standards continue steadily rising. I'm sure she's aware that those have been flat or falling since the demise of the gold standard in 1971. It will be very difficult for her to keep those living standards rising with a steady diet. Of stealing from the wealthy and taxing the rest, she wants to restrain corporate power and control it with government power in order to force it to help create a prosperous middle class as it supposedly did in the 1940s and 50s. However, we fought a world war in the 40s and a Korean war in the 50s, the Federal Reserve had not yet destroyed the value of the dollar in those decades as it now has. That is the reality that she will have to cope with if she becomes president. How can the radical levels of wealth inequality be reduced? Senator Warren seems very concerned with that question. But wealth inequality compared to what, Senator? Her income is much higher than the average globally. In fact, an income of $32,000 per year would put one in the top 1% globally. So things are pretty good, relatively speaking. I'm sure that her income puts her in the top 1% in this country. Why not start with a good-faced gesture, like giving away your wealth to the government so that it can be distributed by people who are more capable of knowing who deserves it more than you? After all, Senator, do you really need a $3 million estate, an $800,000 condo? Why not sell those things and give the proceeds to the government for distribution? Or to pay for child care for others? Why do you want the power to take the property of others by force but keep your own? I will give Senator Warren the benefit of the doubt, though, because back in the 1990s when Congress was taking payments from credit card companies to limit the ability of private individuals to escape from lifetime debt slavery, By seeking bankruptcy protection, she fought hard to prevent surrender to corporations. She lost that battle. And Congress, like the faithful prostitutes they are, took the money and delivered the goods, but at least she was on the right side. She tried. She has usually been there on the side of consumers, but always with a bigger government approach rather than a free market approach. In conclusion, those normal Americans who own homes Pay an annual tax on their wealth. They pay that already for the privilege of living in their own homes. This is known as property tax. It means that people can never actually own their own homes, even if they pay on them for 30 years. Most paper wealth of average people is simply equity in their homes. The rich hold their wealth in other ways with much of it located offshore, so they are not subject to the government's theft. Finally, folks. Senator Warren is not the worst Democrat candidate out there, not by a long shot. The Federal Reserve and the income tax have led America down the road to destruction for over 100 years, but she doesn't seem to get that concept. As a result, she tries to address those problems without actually addressing the right problems. I have been fighting a losing battle to save my country From these things, for virtually my entire life, the usual battle is against people such as Elizabeth Warren, who have a view of how to protect our liberty and our God-given rights that is opposite my view. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Darrell Castle. Thanks for listening.